a good move. Why'd you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden and Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through and talking about every Aqua Teen episode, one episode at a time. And the episode we are watching through and talking about this week is Season 2, Episode 17, Kidney Car. Gordon Bachwan engage warp speed. I'm late for work. Kidney Car premiering November 16th, 2003. And this is it. This is the moment I've been waiting for ever since I started this podcast because Kidney Car historically has been my favorite episode of Aqua Teen. I know, I know, it's not a super popular episode or anything like that. In fact, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on this episode, but it's my favorite and I'm just so excited to get into it. Before we can get into it though, you know we got some Aqua Teen news to discuss for this week, not a whole lot. We have that Aqua Teen Hunger Force panel coming up on August 6th of 2022, of course. It is, as of this recording, July 29th, and still no information on how we can watch that online, unfortunately. So as soon as I see something pop up, I'll probably put out some sort of emergency episode or something just to let you know if you want to watch along. And as for next week's episode... It totally depends on how this goes. Like, if we can watch this panel and if there's a lot to talk about, then I'll put out an episode just on the panel. If we just get one or two bits of information and that's it, then I'll just tack that on to a normal deep dive. So we'll kind of see there. But yeah, it's still just bummed out. It's, you know, a week away and still no news on if we can watch it or not. So uh, I guess we'll just keep checking, we'll keep F5ing that FAQ page and, and find out eventually. Otherwise, not much else Aqua Teen news to really touch on this week. I did, in, in my research here, find a, an article from CBR.com that the article is called 10 Cartoons That Should Have Ended Early and When, and the author of this article, Samantha Silverman, puts Aqua Teen Hunger Force on this list saying that Aqua Teen should have ended after its first season, and uh, to that, I respectfully disagree. However, this list just kind of seems like a popular cartoon list because also on the list is Family Guy, Phineas and Ferb, American Dad, SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents, and Powerpuff Girls. So it's basically just like, hey, here's a list of, of cartoons that were on for a while. That's basically it. So before we move on from that, I really want to shout out how Aqua Teen Hunger Force was number 10 on this list and Powerpuff Girls was number one. Of course, Aqua Teen reusing lots of Powerpuff Girl assets, as well as Dave Willis repeatedly saying that he was a fan of Powerpuff Girls. So kind of cool to see them both on the same list, I suppose, even though if the list is uh, of a questionable nature. Moving on from that, Gene has left us a voice message. Let's give it a listen. Yeah, my name is Gene. I've been a big fan of Aqua Teen Hunger Force since it first came out. Been binging your podcast for the past couple of weeks now. Absolutely love what you're doing. For God's sake, don't ever stop. And uh, I've got three favorite episodes. In no particular order, we're going from Hand Banana to the episode with Oog to an episode you just did recently, which is the one where uh, Shake creates the new birthday song with Zach Wilde and Getty Lee. 
keep up the great work. Don't let nobody discourage you, man. And thank you very much. Gene, thank you so much for the super kind message. Gene's favorite episodes being Hand Banana in Season 4, Supercomputer in Season 2, as well as Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary in Season 2 as well. Great list there. And just really, really kind words. I appreciate you sending that in. I appreciate you listening, of course. And yeah, luckily, uh, nobody's really tried to discourage me yet. I'm sure it'll come. And uh, hey, as we saw earlier, even Aqua Teen was getting discouraged. They still are. That article was from three weeks ago. So... If Aqua Teen can handle it, I, I suppose I will be able to as well. But all right, again, thank you, Gene. If you would like to send in your own voice message, your favorite Aqua Teen episodes, your Aqua Teen origin story, whatever, send it on over to me at speakpipe.com slash dancing is forbidden, or just check the show notes. The link is right there for you. Let's head on over and see what the heck was happening the week that Kidney Car came out. And a reminder here, we are jumping ahead because it has been in our real-world timeline two weeks since Broodwitch premiered. Let's see what's going on. Leaving the North Pole to not only find himself in New York with a new family, with Zoe De Chanel, we have Elf also finding himself at the top of the box office this week, bringing in $26 million dollars. And this is actually its second weekend of release is when it hits the, the number one spot. So a little bit of a slow burn, but, you know, I feel like Elf has really just gone on to be a classic. I, I, I watched it recently and it just really holds up. Of course, we have Will Ferrell playing the titular Elf and, and doing a great job at it. Will Ferrell, somebody I think would have done a, a fun job on Aqua Teen. I wish that he could have shown up in it. In fact, in saying that, I'm reminded that Dave Willis actually talked about trying to get Will Ferrell for the 2007 Aqua Teen film in the Radio Labyrinth podcast. So check that episode out. Very funny. A link to that in the show notes. Dave, uh, the gist of it, obviously, I'm not going to tell it all, but but Dave explains how he got invited to an SNL party and he was drunk and, and feeling you know insecure because he didn't really know anybody there. And Tina Fey talks to him because you know her husband loved Aqua Teen. So she talks to Dave and he tries to use Tina Fey to get to Will Ferrell. So very funny. Check out the Radio Labyrinth podcast to hear that full story. But back to Elf. Yeah, of course, we have Will Ferrell, James Cann, Zoe Deschanel, Mary Steenburgen, Ed Asner, Bob Newhart. Lots of lots of famous people in this one. And I mean, it's Elf. I'm sure you've seen it. What is there for me to really say? Elf with a 7 out of 10 on IMDb and an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fair scores, I think. You know, it's, it's a Christmas movie. I think it does pretty well for that. And it's, you know, probably the only Christmas movie I, I really care to watch. I, I, I want to go back to how I said that this is its second week of release. That's because in its first weekend of release, it was up against The Matrix Revolutions, which took the number one spot, but that movie quickly falling off because, you know, it wasn't as good as the original one, and then Elf can kind of rise up here. Now, I know you are dying to know if Aqua Teen shares any cast or crew with Elf, and yes, it does. Matt Walsh is an elf as himself, and Matt Walsh plays the character Ray in the episode Fry Legs, which I love that episode. And yeah, a little fun connection there. Fry Legs, a, a really debated episode of Aqua Teen. I can't believe it because when I watch it myself, I think it's hilarious. But then when I when I see people talk about it, lots of people don't like this episode when, when there's threads about what's your least favorite Aqua Teen episode. People say they don't like it, but hey, we'll get to it when we get to it. Fry Legs, of course, being season six, episode eight. Moving on here, since we're talking about my favorite episode of Aqua Teen, I want to talk about a movie that was out at this time that really meant a lot to me that I really enjoyed 
that wasn't very liked at all. And that film is Dumb and Dumberer. While Dumb and Dumberer, the sequel to the, the classic Dumb and Dumber, came out June 13th, 2003, the VHS and DVD home release for it came out November 11th, 2003. So five days before Kidney Car airs. And the only reason I know this, now look, I love this film unapologetically. I, I'm not walking around knowing when the VHS and DVD came out. The only reason I know when it came out is because I've been watching a ton of old Adult Swim commercials from this time. And this VHS and DVD set was advertised on Adult Swim at this time. So I just wanted to take the moment to shout out a, a movie that I just loved. I remember I got the DVD at GameStop. I probably sold some games for not nearly what they were worth uh, to get this DVD. And I loved it. I remember just watching it all the time. We had this little portable DVD player that we got for Christmas one year. And I would just sit there and watch the movie over and over again. Now, I don't know if it still holds up. Uh, part of me doesn't want to find out. But... Uh, you know, just one of my favorites. Maybe you liked it at the time. And if you didn't, if you were like a big Dumb and Dumber fan and you hated the movie, I understand why. But you know what? 11 years later, they made another film for the Dumb and Dumber franchise with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels this time. Dumb and Dumber didn't have... It was like all different actors and stuff. It was a prequel. So, of course, they were supposed to be younger. They made a sequel in 2014. And guess what? That movie didn't do too hot either, even with the original actors. So, can't really be too mad at this film in retrospect. But all right, just to touch on a couple TV shows that premiered at this time, all three of these happening on November 7th, we have Dirty Jobs on the Discovery Channel premiering, and I liked that show well enough at the time. If you haven't seen it, this guy named Mike Rowe goes around and does all these, uh, you know, dirty jobs, and you just got to get to see how they're done, like, I don't know, working in a sewer and stuff like that. Just stuff that needs to get done that's pretty dirty. And unfortunately, pretty sad here, though, is that Mike Rowe, I don't think he knew this was the TV show, because even though his entire life he's been an opera singer, a TV personality, a voice actor... Uh, he somehow thinks that he is actually blue collar and actually did these jobs based on his recent political postings. And and I saw him posting some stuff about why we shouldn't raise the minimum wage. He's like, yeah, back in 1979, when I was a kid, we only made $2.90 an hour and we were grateful for it. God damn it. So we shouldn't raise it today. And you know, you know what I do for this podcast? When I see old, old dollar amounts, I see how much they're worth in today dollars. And that $2.90 in 1979 is worth over $11.84 today in 2022. So sure enough, that's way more than the minimum wage is at right now. So just, you know, kind of funny there. But uh, hey, you know, I guess I didn't do uh, media work my entire life. So what do I know? Anyways, moving on here on Cartoon Network on November 7th, we also have Dragon Ball GT and Star Wars Clone Wars premiering if you were into either of those shows. Moving on to our number one album this week, we are back to Outcast with Speaker Box, The Love Below. I talked about it in a previous episode, so I'm not going to hammer on it much here. But yeah, it fell out of being the top album, but then popped back in again just to kind of touch on the, the power of this record at the time, specifically the single, hey, yeah, again, just, just everywhere. Moving on from that, even though we have skipped a week from where we last covered, it's more of the same. We have Baby Boy by Beyonce featuring Sean Paul as our top track. And our, our alternative track this week, it's back to Stained So Far Away. So nothing new here in the music department. Although I have a, uh, two albums I want to mention here. We have Jay-Z putting out the Black album this week, as well as Explosions in the Sky putting out The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place. So two important albums in their respective genres. If you know them, you know them. Moving on to our video games this week, two that I haven't played but I'm definitely aware of. We have Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time coming out on the 10th of November. 
and Ratchet and Clank going commando coming out on the 11th. So two big games, you know, obviously I know Ratchet and Clank. I'm not sure if going commando itself is that big of a game, but I know that Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time is a very well received game. Both of those bad boys dropping this week. So you saw Elf, you're absolutely pumped now for Christmas, totally got you in the spirit. You picked up the Black Album, would be so sick if somebody did a mashup of this and the Beatles' White Album. Hmm, maybe one day it'll happen. Maybe they'll release it for free online. That'd be cool. Maybe whoever does that will join forces with MF Doom and put out an album with Aqua Teen samples in it. Who knows, that's crazy talk. Anyways, you got that going on and you're playing some Prince of Persia, jumping off walls and all sorts of crazy shit, running around Egypt like you're in the movie The Fucking Mummy. Well, you're tired of jumping off walls. You're bored of listening to Jay-Z's sick flow. Let's flick on the tube and see what's on Adult Swim tonight. Our lineup here, different than what we've been getting. So at 11 p.m., we're kicking off the night with Aqua Teen Hunger Force, this episode of Kidney Car. And this is our first time, at least in our coverage, I can't say of all time, but it might be of all time that Aqua Teen kicks off the night. Okay, so looking it up here, this is not true because Aqua Teen kicked off the New Year's Eve bash for 2002 into 2003, and then that whole bash replayed. So Aqua Teen has kicked off the night a couple times, but I believe this is the first time that Aqua Teen kicks off the night with a new episode. So yeah, we start with Kidney Car, a new episode, obviously. At 11.15, we get C-Lab 2021, Return to Oblivion, which is a new episode. 11.30, we get the Brack Show with the episode All That I Desire You, which actually stars Ned Hastings, who of course was on the episode Super Trivia as the trivia host. And then from there, it's not new episodes anymore. We get 11.45, Space Goes Coast to Coast with Switcheroo 97. Midnight, we get the Oblongs with Disfigured Debbie. 12.30, we get Mission Hill with Andy Joins the PTA. And then at 1 a.m., we get FL Climax, the uh, final episode of FLCL, a show that I love and that I've gushed about. And I would like to do a podcast episode over on the Patreon of at some point. And then at 1.30, we get Blue Gender with Tactics. So that's Aqua Teen, C-Lab, Brack Show, Space Ghost, Oblongs, Mission Hill, FLCL, and Blue Gender. So nothing too crazy. I thought Family Guy would be entering this lineup, but it's not. Family Guy is playing on weeknights still, but it's not playing on Sundays. Although the previous week, which we didn't discuss, again, because there was no new Aqua Teen that week, Family Guy did premiere on Sunday night with their new episode. But the big change here is, of course, no Big O anymore because they were airing new ones. Now there's no more new episodes and they stopped airing it. And that Aqua Teen is kicking us off. So exciting here. And I think, you know, it's my favorite episode, Kidney Car. It's a great one to kick off the night with. What do you say we go talk about it? We go talk about some Kidney Car. If you're, if you're a car hunk, if you like the hot rods, the muscle cars, this is the episode for you. Check it out. Check it out, y'all. Check it out. Check it out. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is brought to you by Judith Dre Towing. Is your crankcase turning Hobbit depressed? Do you need auto parts specifically from the land beyond time? The cow jumped over the moon? Then call Judith Dre Towing. Judith Dre, they'll do you right. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden is also, as always, brought to you by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden, chipping in $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month to keep this show chugging along. And signing on within the past couple months here, we have Mecha Somniac and Bold Guy both signing on at the $5 duffel bag of cash tier. 
Now, you might be asking yourself, what are these absolute units doing throwing their hard-earned money away like this? And I'll tell you what they're doing. They are getting access to an exclusive monthly show over on the Patreon feed, where currently we are covering the 2007 Aqua Teen film. We are six hours deep into that coverage. If that is something that interests you, definitely sign on at the $5 and up tier. And there's also a few hours of covering some other Adult Swim shows there. And as more people sign on to the Patreon, I can put out more and more stuff on that feed. On top of that, again, they are getting the warm and fuzzy feeling of supporting this show. I'm just some guy in a basement in Minnesota. I very much appreciate it. If you would like to support the show, but you're not a high roller like Mechasomniac, you're not rolling in the dough like Bold Guy, well, that's all right. Just sharing the show, talking about the show, just telling somebody about the show, it all helps out. Speaking of helping out, why don't we roll up our sleeves, smear some grease on our faces, and go get to working on this kidney car. Coming up next, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Kidney car premiering November 16th, 2003 with the production code 218 and the parental advisory, a TV PG DL rating. And there's two interesting things here to me about this parental advisory. And first of all, that is that both Broodwitch and Kidney Car have the exact same parental advisory, which is, is shocking if you don't really expect it, right? Because Broodwitch is this dark, foreboding, evil episode. And then Kidney Car is this dumb, carefree, kind of happy-go-lucky, stupid, pointless episode. But they have the same rating. I just wouldn't have expected that. But even more interesting is that this is actually our second to last episode of all of Aqua Teen with a TVPG rating on it. And if you'll remember back in season one, a lot of those episodes were TVPG. I mean, at the beginning of the show, really the only TV14 episodes were the Moon and Night ones. And now we are, you know, about to cross that threshold of Aqua Teen being solely TV14 and soon to come TVMA. Of course, with the exception of the true last PG episode, which is season four's Boost Mobile. But yeah, just worth mentioning this being our last PG episode of season two and the second to last of the entire series. Just the whole thing growing up, I guess. I mean, that's because future episodes have more coarse language. They have way more violence. There's a bit more sexuality throughout some of the episodes than we have seen so far. So kind of sad just because nearly all of my favorite episodes are the PG ones just because they're typically really weird and stupid than just being shock value. I've talked about this a lot on the show, but I knew it was coming and there's definitely no shortage of great episodes to come. Just something worth pointing out, I guess. Kidney Car, one of those classic, just the Aqua Teen episodes, so there are no guest voice actors here, which is a bit of a departure from our last few episodes, because we had Spirit Journey Formation, Anniversary, The Shaving, Brood Witch, all had new voice actors, and also, I guess, Revenge of the Trees had uh, some of the production staff doing voices on the episode as well. So this is our first one since Total Recarl to just feature the Aqua Teens. And actually, this will be our last episode of the season just to feature the Aqua Teens and not have any guest voice actors. So savor it while it's here. And of course, I count Carl with the Aqua Teens. When I say just the Aqua Teens, of course, Carl is in this episode. So having said that, let's jump on over to our Dr. Weird clip. This one, pretty fun because there's a few callbacks to some previous Dr. Weird openings. So we open on Javier, the Hispanic janitor from Revenge of the Trees. We first saw him in that cold open when Steve was mocking the barbecue thing to Javier. And so, yeah, we see Javier. He is he is cleaning the floor, buffing the floor. 
He looks around and he sees a, a Dr. Weird pendant on the console that's in Dr. Weird's lab. Just all those buttons and stuff. There's this fancy gold necklace, this giant W sitting on top. And Javier goes up and picks it up, you know, presumably to steal it because it's just left out. And then Dr. Weird appears behind him, tells Javier to put it back and then shoots some tacos out of his mouth, which to me is a throwback to earlier in the season when we had a few different taco gags in the opening sequence. So they're kind of bringing some tacos back with that. And, and funny thing here is that Dr. Weird shoots tacos out of his mouth, but he's wearing his hair helmet. So it doesn't make any sense how these, you know, they, they leave his mouth and then somehow just go straight through the helmet at Javier. And while saying this, I, I'm noticing that I'm talking about somebody shooting tacos out of their mouth like it perfectly would make sense otherwise. So with all that in mind, let's give this clip a listen. Put it back! <laughs> so that's it. Not a whole lot to say about the clip, just silly, but there is something to talk about because the pendant that Javier picks up is actually the pendant that you will see in the deleted Aqua Teen Hunger Force colon movie film for theaters film. So, of course, if you don't know the 2007 film on the DVD set, there is actually a deleted film, which is kind of similar to the final film, but also very different because the film, they made it over the course of two years. So there's a bunch of different new plot lines and stuff like that. We go over all of it over on the Patreon channel. But something of note again here is that this pendant was the pendant used in the deleted film in place of the W microchip that they needed for the Insanoflex. It was this exact pendant that was made for this episode. But all right, moving on to the episode proper, we open in on Master Shake putting a trophy on top of their TV. He is standing on the green recliner to do so, and we will get a close-up of this trophy, and we see at the top there is a car made out of what's supposed to be gold. Obviously, this would be made out of plastic or something. It is a car that is broken in half, and then on the bottom it says Participant smash em up Finals. Let's give it a listen. Oh. Sweetness. Hey, Shake, what you got there? No, do not get near this. Well, what is it? <laughs> Just the fruits of victory. I wouldn't expect you to know anything about it, being a loser. <laughs> the Shake em Up Finals? Yeah, I won, uh, participant. Shake, don't tell me you used the danger cart in some demolition derby. <laughs> Hell no, I got my own wheels. So I love the idea of them using the danger cart, which is just Meatwad pulling a cart in a demolition derby. How would that work? They would just get killed. But you'll notice a discrepancy here. Of course, you did not mishear me. Earlier, I said the, the trophy says smash em up finals, but in the clip, Frylock says shake em up finals, which I believe is said elsewhere in the episode, too. So just I have to assume that originally it was smash em up finals. And then when they went to record, they changed it to shake em up finals. Or maybe they thought it would be funny if the trophy didn't even say the right thing. I don't know. Who knows? It's Aqua Teen. Anything could be possible. Last thing to mention with the clip is, of course, shake one participant, which is very funny. His his participation trophy I know boomers everywhere are freaking out about this. You know, back in my day, we actually had to win the Shake'em Up Finals to get a trophy. But right off the bat, we're really just starting off the episode strong, I think, because we have so many questions raised. We know Shake doesn't really seem to drive. Of course, there's a couple times where it's referenced that he does. For example, in PDA, when Frylock gets crushed and then Shake and Meatwad drive away in their rental car. But otherwise, beyond that, we know that he doesn't have a car and Frylock is, is questioning this because Frylock's like, you know, what did you use the danger cart? What's going on here? But Shake says he has his own car. 
But that is quickly interrupted when we hear a knock at the door and it is Carl and he is knocking because his car is mysteriously just destroyed. It's just crushed down. It's it's just completely unusable. Hey, open up or I'm opening it for you. Well, you know the drill. <laughs> drill, no I don't. Hey, Carl, how you doing, man? Take a look at that. Ooh, hey, Carl, this is pretty boss, man. Where'd you get those graphics done? Thank you. I didn't freaking do it. Well, then why are you showing it to me? Someone stole it, raced it, and brought it back. Oh, well, I mean, you did call the police, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, good one. I never thought of that. No, they... They stopped taking my calls, like, long ago. <laughs> Carl revealing that the police stopped taking his calls long ago. Very, very funny line. You know, you assume he's just always calling the cops on the Aqua Teens, and the cops just got sick of responding to it, because there's always something going on. So, back to the visuals of the car. I can't really describe enough how destroyed it is. It's just completely totaled. It doesn't even really look like a car anymore, but we see some some graphical modification done that Frylock kind of mentions here, and that is normally on Carl's car. It says too wicked, but that has been spray painted over in black, which is funny because it's revealed later in the episode that it's just like a plastic decal on the side of the car, so you can just pull the whole thing off, no problem, but, but shake, uh, presumably shake, of course, spray painted over that. And also in spray paint on the side of the car, it says your sponsorship here. So trying to catch a sponsorship there and otherwise spray painted on the side of the car, it is, is the letter three because, uh, this, this car is uh, number three, I suppose, like, like in NASCAR or something. But yeah, in terms of the episode, we clearly know what happens now. Shake stole Carl's car to drive in this demolition derby and then just returned it just completely destroyed, expecting him not to find out. I'm surprised how he got it home because of the tires we see, one is missing and the other is flat. So <laughs> I don't know how this thing can move anymore, but somehow Shake got it home, which in itself is quite impressive. So Frylock is put in this position to where he has to talk to Carl about this. Frylock can work out exactly what happened because he knows about Shake being in the Shake 'em Up finals. So he has to kind of play dumb to Carl, who knows that obviously the Aqua Teens were behind this. Now in this next clip, we're going to get this important moment because Frylock is going to say, well, we're not really detectives anymore. And they'll talk about that. We'll talk more about that after the clip. But Frylock is going to say this and then Meatwad is going to come out and he's going to be trying to sell some sort of braid kit. And Meatwad just has a full head of braids, which is hilarious. Meatwad basically with brown braids all on his head, but then a couple that are highlighted purple and then another one highlighted like a coral kind of orange color. And then there's also some beads on some of the braids. So just a very funny look on Meatwad here. Let's jump in and listen to this clip play out. Well, uh, we're kind of not detectives anymore. I mean, that wasn't making us a whole lot of money. No, sir. <laughs> but now we got us a mail order telemarket business. Ultra Mega Braid. <laughs> Carl, I see you noticing my braids. No, I'm not. Did you know you can have braids just like this? With Ultra Mega Braid. Hey, Carl, you want to try one out? No. We can do your shoulders. <laughs> they come in seven different colors, and you can have decorative beads and glitter. Make your own. You need Ultra Mega Braid. Three ninety nine. Hey, kiss my Ultra Mega ass. <laughs> and if you order now, we'll include an egg slice. Uh, Meatwaddy's gone. Psh, I ain't never gonna sell one of these. Oh, no, Meatwaddy, that's not the right attitude. But you're probably right, you won't sell any of this crap. <laughs> so a nice little visual gag at the end of the clip. We have Meatwad's braids basically falling down the front of his face because they're not his real braids, of course. He's wearing this wig that isn't isn't on properly, so it's just sliding off his head. He has to fix it. But yeah, a lot to talk about in that clip. So first of all, to the beginning of it. We have Frylock saying that they're not really detectives anymore. 
which as we all know, the show started off with them as detectives and then very quickly went away and they are just finally addressing it now, kind of putting a nail in that coffin that, yeah, they're not detectives. They're not doing that, especially in this kind of episode where there is no villain. There's nothing like that at all. And, you know, it's funny because I wonder how the show would have done if they stuck to the detective plot line, how long it would have lasted. I absolutely don't think it would have been as good as it turned out being. So it just makes me wonder how long would it have gone until it was canceled. I, I can't imagine it would go on for 15 years like what Aqua Teen eventually became did. But uh, just kind of a fun little thought experiment there. But to the importance of Frylock having said that... He's just trying to talk with Carl here and get Carl to go away, essentially. He's acting like Carl wants them to figure out who did it, even though Frylock damn well knows who destroyed Carl's car. And I kind of like that they say that in this episode, because Rabot started with Carl's car getting murdered by the Rabots, the very first episode of Aqua Teen, of course, and the Aqua Teens were detectives trying to figure out who did it for money. And now in this episode... Carl's car is destroyed yet again, and Frylock's like, oh, we really can't help you this time. We're not doing that anymore. Even though, of course, this time it was the Aqua Teens themselves who destroyed the car. And of course, it's not fair to blame all the Aqua Teens because it was just Shake, but you know what I mean. So moving on from that bit of the clip, we are going to move on to the Ultra Mega Braid business here. And that's what they're trying to do now. I mean, good for Meatwad trying to make some actual money here. And he's just selling these braid kits and they come with a free egg slicer. It's kind of a, a greenish sea glass look to it. Very, very aesthetically pleasing. I really like these egg slicers. I'd buy it just for this egg slicer, honestly. But we see that Meatwad has seven of these kits in the house that he's trying to sell. I think he could probably sell seven if he really put his mind to it. And this kit isn't that expensive. You know, they're just trying to sell them to the wrong people. I feel like Meatwad's just sitting at home sell, trying to sell it to whoever comes to the door, which is not a very great strategy here. I think that he should be out and about. And I would like to see that. I'd like to see Meatwad selling these kits, but that's not where the episode goes ultimately to its benefit, of course. But back to that clip, it seems like their best course of action was to get Carl to go away. And that kind of seemed like that's what Frylock was trying to do. But Meatwad successfully did it by trying to sell Carl the Ultra Mega Braid. So it's like a genius move. Now, Meatwad wasn't trying to make him go away. He was trying to make a sale. But ultimately, Meatwad was successful in what the Aqua Teens really just had to do, which was get Carl off their lawn because he was, you know, there to kill somebody, I'm sure. But Meatwad disarmed him by just wasting his time with this Mega Braid bullshit. And I love when, when they mentioned they can braid Carl's shoulders. Very gross. But, you know, that's a look I'd probably like to see just to see it. Worth mentioning here is when Carl walks away saying, kiss my ultra mega ass, his mouth is not moving at all. Very funny. And we will run into that situation one other time in this episode. So Carl walked off their stoop and then we had Meatwad and Frylock having that little conversation about how Meatwad's never going to sell the ultra mega braids because it's, it's just garbage. And then they're going to continue on with that a little bit. Meatwad's going to jump into some other business that he is trying to do. Are you depressed? Has high interest rates got you down? My name is Meatwad, and today I'm here to offer you a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Sell your organs live <laughs> over the internet. Get money back on your baby. That sound right. Where's my sheet? Meatwad, where's my sheet? I, I wonder if this business he is working for is WeGotUsToMedicalWaste.com. I think that would line up, although there wasn't really an option on that website to sell your own organs. It was more so, you know, Tater was going to hit you with a 2x4 and take your organs. But it's still fun to think about nonetheless. Moving on from that scene, we are now going to jump over to Carl's house where he has a tow truck there to take his car away. 
The truck itself is green, and this seems to be a new asset. I don't recall ever seeing this tow truck on the show before, so pretty cool there, you know, to get uh, some sort of new automobile in the scene for our Hot Rod Heavy episode. And during this clip, Shake will come up and confront Carl about this. Shake wearing a helmet now. It looks kind of like a racing helmet. There's an E in duct tape on the side. I don't know what that E is supposed to stand for, but that's what Shake's wearing. It's, it's, it's a red demo derby helmet with a yellow stripe down the middle. And a nice touch is his straw sticking out the top of the helmet. Very funny there. And throughout this episode, he puts on another hat. And, and it's just really funny to see, you know, what they do with his straw when he's wearing these hats because they they choose to have his straw visible which to me is funny that they made the effort because they could have just totally not had his straw showing at all and it would have been fine nobody would have really thought about it but they they decide to you know have a hole at the top for his straw to stick out so let's jump into this clip and hear this conversation between carl and shake and i want to point out at the end of the clip the tow truck will drive away and it drives right to the aqua teens house but we'll get to that on the other side all right, take her up. Be careful with... Well, oh, who freaking cares? No way! What? I mean, uh, what are you doing there, buddy? I can't freaking sell it like this. I gotta give it to the Kidney Foundation. Maybe get a little tax right off us. What are you doing with that helmet? This? Oh, this is for the rapture. <laughs> Armageddon? Yeah, well, it looks like a racing helmet. Yeah, it does. But it's not. Well, I stand corrected. Shake saying that his helmet is for the rapture. Which is basically just, you know, the end of times, the end of days. That's, that's what Shake is just always wearing a helmet for. He's always prepared for it. I never expected Shake to really follow the Bible that closely or any particular religion. So, so quite surprising here. And uh, of course, completely not true. Shake is lying, but that doesn't change the fact that Carl could potentially get a nice tax write-off here. But what Carl didn't expect is that Meatwad is seemingly the recipient. Because as I said before the clip... The tow truck drives the car just right over to the Aqua Teen's house and drops it off. All right, my wheels got here. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute, what is this? What are you doing here? Yep, Carl, old kidney foundation really came through for me. With my Phoebe. I've been on that damn list for a while. But they says, you know, since I was, you know, on, on, um, Unsanitary? Yeah, yeah, that and inoper racism. Infection. Well, no. And they didn't know why I was going to waste no kidneys on me. And I said, well, all right. So they said they give me this car and I just sick all I want here. So again, the tow truck brings the car just a few feet over to the Aqua Teen's house and drops it off. The entire way, there are what, what I would describe as skid marks on the road <laughs> leading from, from where the car was moved. It's a good thing they only had to bring it the next house over because otherwise they would have ruined a lot more road. But just a great aid to be here so quickly because we had Carl in the, the clip before this one saying he's donating his car to the Kidney Foundation. And then the next clip, Meatwad's like, oh, yeah, I was signed up at the Kidney Foundation. He, he was on their list. But because he is just uh, he's unsanitary and he's an infection waiting to happen, they didn't want to give him a kidney, but they will give him a free car which the funny thing is, is, you know, this car doesn't work or anything. It's just it's just scrap metal at this point. But hey, it's free, it's better than nothing, and I just love the direction this episode is taking. I love the idea of, of Meatwad getting Carl's car. But alright, Meatwad was explaining how he was on this kidney list and why they wouldn't give him a kidney, but now he's getting the car because of that, and they are going to continue on this conversation. You know, you don't really need kidneys. Look, I know it's shallow, but hey, 
I want some. That's a stylish thing. Tospicepros are men for the animals. Actually, meat wild animals have kidneys too. <laughs> animals ain't got no job working for the city. Neither do you. Yeah, well. <laughs> damn, you're burning. I got nothing. So back out my car and hold your roll. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's off the pedal there, Jeff Gordon. I am keeping the graphics. That's fine. I ain't too wicked no more. It's the hot wild. We're going to fix this up and make this my work car. Frylock, I'm looking at you. Mm, this is going to be a lot of work, Meatwad, and a whole lot of money. Yeah, I know. I got to. That has to be one of my favorite clips I've ever done for the podcast. Just like a, a clip of any dialogue of Aqua Teen. Just, just so much going on, and it's all just so hilarious. With Meatwad, of course. Growing up, Meatwad was my favorite character, and this is definitely a very Meatwad-centric episode, and he just gets some fantastic lines here, and this clip is a great example of that. So I'm going to really just fight the urge to repeat everything said in the clip. But something I want to touch on real quick is that Frylock points out to Meatwad, well, look, animals have kidneys too. And then Meatwad, one of the things he says in response to that is, well, animals ain't got no job working for the city. And growing up, I never knew what he was saying there, but that, that appears to be what he's saying. Animals ain't got no job working for the city. And I feel like this episode is one of those episodes where Meatwad is kind of hard to understand at points. And we've been getting more of those as the season goes on. I feel like in season one, it was never that difficult to understand Meatwad, but... In these last few episodes, there's always been some parts where I'm like, oh, yeah, I never knew what he was saying until until now, until I actually took the time to look it up. But yeah, just a lot of great jokes in that clip. But something interesting here is we get this other view of the car. We see it from the other side now, and we see that it's missing a door on the driver's side. And then in that clip, Carl walks around to the other side of the car and rips off the two wicked decal but there's no spray paint on it, which makes no sense because it was spray painted over in black before and then a white three was spray painted over it because this car was presumably number three in the race or, or the derby or whatever. And speaking of which, I did not take the time to explain what a demolition derby is in case anybody is unfamiliar. The very basics of it are you take these cars, typically, you know, these days they are cars that are modified to be in the derby. You don't just like take your normal car. You would have to do all sorts of stuff to get it ready for the derby, but also to increase your chances of winning, such as making it sturdier and able to take more hits and stuff. Because what you're going to be doing is driving your car into other cars. It's just cars smashing together until there is one car left. That is not destroyed and that is essentially a demolition derby so that's what shake signed up to do in carl's normal hot rod car that you would never take because exactly what happens here it would just get destroyed you you would you would just be a participant because there's no way a car like that would do well against some of the cars that people are coming up with for these derbies so as per the end of the clip, Meatwad wants to fix up the car to make it his work car. And, you know, Frylock, of course, is like, this is going to take a lot of time and money to fix up, man, because it's just completely totaled. But Meatwad, he has some tools. So that brings us to our next clip. And we just see Meatwad. He is under the hood now. But, but of course, since he's a little, a little wad of meat, he has to physically be on the car. So he's just kind of sitting up uh, where the engine is and stuff. And, he, and we see that he has a children's saw. It's like a Fisher Price kind of playset saw toy for a child he is using that to hit the machinery in the car like he thinks he's working on it that way of course you know that's not how you, you would use a real saw you would saw with a saw not use it like a hammer but again these are children's toys which is very very funny we will see too that meatwad at some point has spray painted hot wad three 
on the side of the car. Because like you said in the previous clip, this ain't too wicked no more. It's the hot wad. So yeah, hot wad spray painted on the side. At least he got that bit done. But I'm surprised that he could even do that, you know, because we'll get later in the episode. Meatwad doesn't know all his numbers and stuff. He, you would assume he doesn't know how to spell. So this is kind of crazy since in other episodes, whenever he leaves a note or a message, it's just drawings or symbols. So funny here, he was able to spray paint perfectly. I, w I would think that Shake probably did that for him, but I can't imagine Shake doing anything nice for Meatwad. So who knows how this got there? But yeah, Meatwad's working on the car and he's not the only one working on the car because we will see after he is done hammering all over the machinery with his toy saw, even though there was a toy hammer right next to him, that at least would have made a little bit more sense. We see that he has Boxy Brown and Vanessa in the driver's seat. Vanessa this time with her hair and mustache. So we're going to get some more conversation with Boxy Brown and Meatwad. Let's jump into it. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> okay, that should do it. Okay, now, when I say cranky, you do whatever the people do. When they told to do that. Uh-uh, I ain't hearing that, see. You asking and you telling. Because nobody tells Boxy Brown. Boxy, this is a big deal. I mean, I'm just asking a favor. Now, if you remember, I helped you move your grandma to the home. That was my day off. Well, that wasn't no grandma, boy. That was a grocery bag. But you just a bar. I just a what, bitch? You're Duke of New York. You're A number one. You say it louder, boy. You're Duke of New York, A number one. <laughs> yeah. I like Meatwad. He's just like, all right, when I tell you to crank it, you do whatever it is you're supposed to do when people tell you to do that. Like, Meatwad doesn't know really at all what, what's going on, obviously. He's just kind of emulating what he's probably seen on TV and expecting it to somehow work, which is pretty cute, I think. But yeah, just so, some great back and forth with Boxy like we got in Spirit Journey Formation Anniversary. And I feel like Boxy Brown here kind of being a dick because he just like freaks out that Meatwad's asking him to do something. And Boxy doesn't take it lightly because he's like, oh, no one tells me what to do, which is just such a shit ass attitude. But then Meatwad's like, man, I helped you move your grandma into the home on my day off, which, of course, every day is Meatwad's day off. However, Boxy reveals that uh, that was a grocery bag. But but it doesn't matter. I, I don't understand why Boxy has to have such a bad attitude about helping Meatwad out. I don't know why he's there to begin with if he doesn't want to help. But at the same time, as we've discussed, you know, it seems like this is all just in Meatwad's head anyway. So you wouldn't expect it to make any sense. Anyways, at the end of that clip, we get this little back and forth between Meatwad and Boxy Brown, the Duke of New York, a number one bit. And that is in reference to the film Escape from New York, which is a 1981 sci-fi film. It is co-scored and directed by John Carpenter and stars Kurt Russell, alongside some other people that we'll get back to here in a second. But the film has a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and the idea is basically that Air Force One is hacked. That is the airplane that the President of the United States flies in. It's hacked, and it is purposely crashed into the ground, and it crashes in New York City, and then the President is kind of stranded there. They have to send Kurt Russell in to come save him. But New York at this time, uh, you know, in this film, is a very dangerous place. And there is somebody in the film called the Duke. And the Duke is actually played by Isaac Hayes II, of course, father to Isaac Hayes III, who was the Broodwitch voice or just the disembodied voice in the previous episode of Aqua Teen, Broodwitch. So really cool here that the Duke in the film delivers the line that Boxy Brown is kind of riffing on with Meatwad. Like that's what Meatwad has to say to Boxy Brown is the same thing that happens in the film Escape from New York with the, the president in the film has to say that to the Duke, played by Isaac Hayes II. So, really cool connection there. What did I teach you? 
And I'm also remembering that I forgot to give you a reference in a previous clip. Carl tells Meatwad something like, hold on there, Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon, in case you don't know, he's a very, very famous NASCAR driver. I assume he's one of the best because I don't know that much about NASCAR or or stock car racing, but I know who Jeff Gordon is, so uh, pretty self-explanatory. But in case you don't know, yeah, Jeff Gordon, winner of, of 10 billion racing awards, uh, really probably doesn't need much explanation at all. But all right, uh, a great scene, that previous clip, but let's move on. We have that little back and forth between Meatwad and Boxy Brown, and then we cut to the inside of the Aqua Teens house where we see Frylock and Shake watching Meatwad go through all this, you know, Meatwad ultimately is out there trying to fix up the car with little toy tools. And then next to Shake is going to be a, a toy drill. Like that's a part of this tool set that Meatwad has. That's, that's all little baby toys. And, and Shake is going to pick up the, the drill thinking like, oh, you need to use this, which you wouldn't use a drill. I, I wouldn't think at least, I guess it depends what they're trying to do. Maybe if they want to take all the, the parts of the car out first, then yeah, they might use a drill for that. But but Shake just stupid here to the fact that these are fucking toys. So Frylock and Shake are going to have this little discussion. How's he doing out there? He hasn't done jack. He's been sawing on that thing for two hours. And are you sure he should be using a saw? Well, not a plastic one. I knew that looked wrong. You need this drill. <laughs> so Shake just pounding on the window there. And now Shake is about to go outside and confront Meatwad. And Shake's just really jealous about all this. because You know, he wants the car. And at the beginning of the clip here, Shake is going to throw down the drill. And of course... It will explode. Get out of there! What are you trying to break it? <laughs> it's not metric! Give it to me! You gotta whip it on the side like this! You better start, you motherfucker! Alright, alright, that's it. Let me take a look. Shake, get a flashlight. Meatwad, get behind the wheel and tell your buddy Dewey there to get the hell out of the fan housing, please. Boys, you're like gonna lose an arm that roll. So we see Dewey, of course, Meatwad's paper towel roll in the fan housing we just see him like stuck in there meatwatch just fucking around but but a little bit earlier in the clip shake came out and he picked up the toy hammer and started whapping it on the side of the car to like get the dents out i guess it doesn't really make much sense because of course it's plastic and then meatwatch jumps down and starts doing the same with the saw so he's just blindly following shake here which i like because we saw earlier meatwatch didn't know what he was doing with the car at all he's just he's just copying what he has seen done before and that's exactly what he did once shake showed up and started doing something even though what shake was doing was of course pure nonsense i love though in the clip i played before the previous one shake reveals that meatwad's been out there for over two hours so meatwad's really working hard to try and get this thing fixed up and finally frylock shake they're here to help him so we're about to get a time jump because the Aqua Teens have been out there so long working on this car. It's nighttime now because it was daytime previously, which makes sense, you know, because Frylock told Shake to get a, a flashlight because they were going to need it because it would soon be dark. And now it is dark. The moon is out. But it seems like they're making progress because Frylock is about to have Meatwad turn the engine on, see if whatever they were doing is working. Let's see how it goes. Okay, now crank it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. You ready now? Ready. <laughs> Here it comes. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Meatwad, I'm ready. Are you ready for it? I'm ready already. <laughs> Just do it. Okay, don't yell at me. <laughs> How's that sound? Do you like that sound? <sighs> I meant turn the key. I did. This is key. Key. 
104. Jersey's kicking country. <laughs> Key to the ignition, Meatwad. I'm turning up. That's the steering wheel. I'm going left. <sighs> but you're turning to the right. Some great back and forth there between Meatwad and Frylock. I really like watching them trying to work together on something serious, but Meatwad is just so incompetent. Meatwad thinking he's turning on the engine and he is turning the steering wheel, which is all wobbly and messed up at this point. And then eventually he turns on the radio. He turns on a K-104 jerseys kicking country. Of course, I tried to look this up. I could not find a 104 station that services southern New Jersey. I found one that reached northern New Jersey, but not quite southern New Jersey. So uh, unfortunately there, although it's possible that in, in 2002 that there was a 104 in New Jersey. I don't really expect there to be, but it's possible there was. But I wouldn't really know how to find that just because of... Uh, Radio stations change all the all the time, I suppose. While I don't believe that Matt and Dave came up with, you know, the, the jerseys kicking country thing, like just just that turn of phrase, just those words together has always stuck in my mind for some reason. Ever since I saw this episode as a kid, I don't know why, but it's just so infectious and and just one of those great names for things that Matt and Dave would include in the show that I feel like they used to do a lot in the in the first season that we don't get as much anymore. But but so whenever these cute little phrases pop up, I just love it. But yeah, that's just another clip. I mean, I I need to stop saying this because it's my favorite episode, but I love that clip so much. I love just every line in that interaction. And Frylock is just getting fed up here because Meatwad's an idiot. And we haven't seen Shake yet, but we're about to because he is about to pop up from behind the car with the flashlight that he got, but it's going to be pointed up at his face. You know, like you would see somebody do while telling a scary campfire story or something. He's trying to look scary to Meatwad and scare Meatwad and Frylock is about to get fed up. And I need to mention visually for this next clip that there, the entire time there's been this green liquid all over the floor of the car, and we're going to see it dripping in the next clip, and Meatbod will say it is a, a soft drink machine or something along those lines, just so you know what he's referencing. Shake, where's the light? Yes, Shake, where's the light? No! no! Oh, there it is. It was last seen in the woods oh, great. by a man with a hook. Oh. All right, that's it. That's it. I'm through. Forget it. The radiator split. The tranny shot. The wheels are melted. The crankshaft somehow found its way into the woofer in the back, and all the fluids are in the floorboard. Oh man, that's a soft drink machine. <laughs> They're fluid, meatwad. Soft drink's a fluid. Meatwad's got a point there. Soft drink is a fluid, and I want to point out here that, of course, the cup that Meatwad uses to gather that soft drink is the same exact cup we saw in the previous episode, Broodwitch, where at the beginning of that episode, Shake had that huge collection of the Battlefield Earth, or as called in the episode a couple times, and is it says on the cups, Battlestar Earth, or something like that. Those collectible drink cups from that episode, that's what Meatwad is using here, and I'm very shocked that, that Shake is letting this happen. I figured Shake would have freaked out, but uh, he did it for some reason. Very surprising, because these are his dear collectibles. But as you heard, Frylock is done. He's fed up. He, you could tell he's been annoyed this entire time, and he's done because Meatwad's an idiot, and and Shake, who is also an idiot, but Shake is actively messing around and trying to disrupt the process. And Frylock just knows this is a waste of time. He was doing it to humor Meatwad and Shake, trying to fix this thing up, but they're not even cooperating with him. It, it's it's so much work to do, anyways. But Shake is gonna try and talk Frylock back into it to to try and persuade Frylock not to abandon this project. Look, I know it's not an ideal situation, but let's just take a few breaths and calm down 
Let's just get in there and you do it. Shake, do you have any idea how much money this is going to cost? Well, I can't get a lot of money if I can't get to work driving my rocket car. Look, it's Meatwad's car. It's up to him. Tell him you want it fixed. I want it fixed. See? And I'll help you. Really, I can do this. <sighs> All right. Where the light goes, shine it over here. Well, I set it down right over there besides the demon of the flashlight. The demon! No! <laughs> All right, that's it. Call you. Y'all fix it yourselves. Shake doing a surprisingly good job getting Frylock back on board just to blow it in a matter of seconds. But Frylock is just out of there. Don't blame him. I mean, I'm, I never would have personally tried to fix it up to begin with just because of the clear amount of time it's going to take and money and everything like that. But Frylock is out. But according to Shake, it's not his fault. See what you did? Now I'm not going to get a ride to my job. Thanks for taking food out of my kid's mouth. Get out of here, boy. I got to get to my job. Pretty cool there because Meatwad rolls up to Shake and literally pushes him. Like he hits him with his hand. He's like, get out of here. And Shake gets pushed back. Pretty badass that Meatwad's kind of getting physical. And uh, now it's time for Meatwad to play. Look, they're not going to get the car fixed up, but that's not going to stop Meatwad from pretending like the car isn't fixed up. And it's not going to stop Meatwad from having a good time with the car. And, and this leads us really to just my absolute favorite Aqua Teen moments of all time. So let's head into one of those moments. We are later on in the night, presumably, because Shake is not there anymore. And Meatwad, he is pretending to drive his car. Oh, yeah, you. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Move your van. I'm going to move it for you. So just a little taste of what's to come. I just, I love it so much. Uh, not a whole lot to say about that one. So let's go into the next one. It's very much the same thing. It is daytime now. So it is the next day. And Meatwad is continuing to pretend to drive his car. We will cut inside at a certain point where Frylock and Shake are talking, and then Shake is going to roleplay as a cop. He's going to come out and pretend to pull Meatwad over, and Meatwad's going to play along with it. At the end of that clip, Shake is going to jump in and steal Meatwad's car, of course, pretending because it doesn't actually move. Let's jump in. This is just one of my favorite moments of Aqua Teen of all time. Let's, let's jump into it. Go to back one, engage warp speed. I'm late for work. <laughs> Shake, I'm a little worried about Meatwad. I think he's losing his mind. Watch this. I think he's losing his license. Oh, shoot. The bronze 5 -0. Is there a... Is there an emergency or something? Well, yeah, I mean, Somebody having a baby? You know, I need to get to work and, uh... What's going on here? Hey, I'm a wild man. I can't drive 55. No wheels here, either. And you pass an inspection like that? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I saw you ran through a couple of lights, and I'm thinking, surely this little lady wouldn't do that in her own town. Where are you from? No, they were yellow when I went through them. Uh-huh. They were red, like your ass is going to be when I get through with you. All right, step out of the car, please. Have you had anything to drink tonight, ma'am? Oh, hell yeah. Can I mention something? All right. I want you to walk in a straight line to that manhole, and when you fall down in there, I want to hear the alphabet backwards. Okay. Sucker! <laughs> so I love how Shake jumps in and he just starts continuing on what Miwa was doing. Like it just goes to show that that Miwa and Shake are really on the same level in terms of mental capacity. Shake is just able to exude this confidence that he knows what's going on, so he can get by with it more. But he's really just as dumb as Miwa. A visual thing there is when Shake comes out pretending to be a cop. He he has a hat on. 
And then he also has a badge on and he's holding a baton. I, I maybe should have mentioned that sooner, but yeah, he he's wearing a hat, first of all. So like I mentioned with the derby helmet that he had on, his straw is just sticking out of this hat. At least in the derby helmet, there was a hole. So it made sense where the straw was sticking out of. Here, it doesn't make sense at all. And again, they could have just not had his straw showing at all. And I wouldn't have thought anything of it because it's a pretty big hat, too. But they made the effort of having some of his straw showing, which is very funny. The impressive thing here is that Shake's badge says Master Shake on it. So it's like he had this ahead of time for if he ever wanted to be a cop, which is really funny. He, he had this custom made. And if you notice on his hat, there is a badge as well. But this, this badge is literally just flipped of the one on his chest that says Master Shake. So if you look close enough, obviously it's a very small image. And this badge on his hat is even smaller but it is just the badge backwards, so it says like Master Shake on it, but it's all backwards, which I really like. We get some great moments of Shake referring to Meatwad as a woman, which always gets me giggling, as you know from listening to the podcast. As I've said before, those are just my my favorite moments. They're just so funny whenever he refers to Meatwad as a woman. And Meatwad never fights back. Meatwad's never like, I'm not a woman, I'm a man or anything. Meatwad just like goes along with it, which is really silly. In terms of being pulled over, I've been pulled over once. Uh, I, I foolishly, I was out visiting my mom a few years ago and I foolishly followed my dad's advice. He's like, yeah, you know, when you, when you take these back roads, it's just country roads. You can go, you can go 70 or whatever down them. Of course the speed limit is 55. So I was, I was going 70 down them, which I felt comfortable doing. So, I mean, look, there's no excuse for speeding, but I felt comfortable doing so flat road, beautiful conditions outside, nobody else on the road. Why not? I'm going. And then up, up ahead, I see a little car parked and I'm like, oh, you know, there's another driver. I'm going to slow down. I slowed down. I get closer, realize it was a cop sitting there and I drive past. And by the time I, I got to him, I was probably going the speed limit. But I went past and then he uh, pulls out and starts following me. And I was like, uh oh, I was like, did he radar me or something? I, I don't know how that works. Was, was he able to radar me that far away? What the heck? And eventually his lights flick on. Oh no, I feel like I'm in a bad dream at this point. The heart starts pounding. So, you know, I pull I pull over and he the cop comes up and he's kind of like, "Yeah, you know how fast you were going and stuff." And I, you know, I didn't deny it. I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to get home. I, I was out visiting my mom, which was true, and I was trying to get home before the sun goes down, which was true. I don't like driving uh, having to worry about deer." So he he takes my license, runs the plates and everything, you know, everything comes out clear and he lets me off with a warning. So I was very lucky. I'm sure the fact that I was coming back from visiting my mom was nice, although he might have just assumed I was lying. But it was true. I lived about an hour away from my mom and I was just trying to get home before it got dark out. So so luckily it ended nicely for me there. I didn't get my car stolen. I didn't I didn't offer to make him a drink or anything like that. But poor Meatwad, he doesn't get off as easily as I did. He's going to run inside and tell Frylock about what just happened. Did you see how you stole my car? Yeah. <laughs> get the plate number. Good idea. It's not Sunday, lady. Let's go. <laughs> What's that ladder that does this? With the thumb. Just <laughs> tear it up. such a good driver. I brought it back. Frylock, you've got to get that car fixed. Well, I tried to help you, but you two just kept on goofing off. Yeah. Well, we are pretty funny when we do that. Why don't you two go see a real mechanic? See if he thinks it's funny, huh? Frylock is inside watching TV. I can't quite make out what he's watching on TV, but it's nice to see him there like watching TV. We don't get that a lot, but he's watching something. It looks like old sports footage from what I could tell. But of course, as usual, the screen is on such an angle that you can't make the full thing out. But Meatwad runs in and he's like talking about the license plate. And then he he asks, oh, what's this letter that does this? And it looks like he draws the number two. And then he says, because there's two of them. So I think he meant two, but then he also said two afterwards. Like he knows what the concept of two, but he doesn't know what a two looks like. Just, just very silly. 
Real quick, I want to express my love and appreciation for Meatwad and Shake both making those car noises, I guess, like a, like a speed racer car, the, the that kind of noise. And uh, unfortunately, that's a habit that I've picked up as well from this show. You know, whenever I'm uh, driving, especially fast, sometimes I'll, I'll do those noises. But Shake just runs in, of course, tries to convince Frylock, hey, man, we got to get this thing fixed up. And then Frylock says, why don't you see a real mechanic? So we are going to cut to our next scene and we see a very old printer that is going to print out the estimate for how much it would cost to fix the car. Here's the estimate. He told me I may not like what I see, but it's the truth. Check it out. 32 grand? That doesn't sound right. Did he even look at the car? <laughs> yeah, I mean, over the phone, yeah. He says, Dad, it sounded like my hobbit. It turns the crankcase is depressed and needs therapy. <laughs> we need us get us a new hobbit. Days from the land beyond time. Land beyond time is also gonna hook us up with the unicorn for the radiator. I ain't even gonna tell you about that haunted air conditioner. Plus the air filter, that's made of plutonium. That's gonna involve Superman, so you know, plus shipping from Krypton. <laughs> then the cow jumped over the moon. Is this what he told you or is this how you heard? You should read it for yourself. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> wow, he actually did write all that. What an ass. <laughs> I don't say that. Carl said there's a guy you can trust. He'd do me right. Yeah, I bet he would. So first of all, I called it a printer. I guess a fax machine is what it really is. It prints this fax out. And as you hear in the dialogue, there's just all sorts of crazy things quoted. And then when Frylock looks at the paper, because he's like, what the fuck is Meatwad talking about? It turns out to be true. This is all just nonsense on the paper. And I really want to mention it. I'm excited to finally talk about this. And at the top, we see it says Judith Dre Towing. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because we discussed it in Revenge of the Trees when Shake was getting the entire yard blacktopped. That was Judith Dre Paving. And now we have Judith Dre Towing. It seems like Judith Dre, they are pretty competent in the paving department. But here in the towing slash auto repair department, they are useless because all of this stuff is just nonsense. On the sheet here, it says, first of all, repair estimate for Mr. Meat Chunk. So they, they somehow messed up Meat Wad into Meat Chunk, you know. Uh, Meat Wad said that they looked at it over the phone, which that alone is a funny concept. But I bring that up to say, I assume they didn't actually see Meat Wad. So funny that they would mess up his name as Meat Chunk. But anyways, yeah, it says Crankcase. Then it says New Hobbit Crackcase Turner. I assume that was supposed to say new hobbit crank case turner because me says like the hobbit turns your crank case so i'm not really sure there but yeah new hobbit crack case turner it doesn't say anything about him being depressed but me i guess remembered that from the phone call conversation it says haunted air conditioner exorcism plutonian air filter superman krypton delivery moon jumping cow and there's just a bunch of numbers after everything everything's in the thousands I did the math on everything. I added up all these numbers and it does add up correctly to the ultimate quote, which is $32,724.51. I want to mention here, there is a uh, believability insurance that uh, they have to pay. That's over two grand. But yeah, just just very silly. Um, Frylock is shocked by this number of $32,000. Even without all this nonsense, I feel like that's still a reasonable amount of money it would take to fix this up. It'd probably be even more, honestly, at least from what I learned from watching Rust Valley Restorers on Netflix. Uh, that seems to be like in the ballpark of what they would pay, at least from my memory of how much they'd pay to fix up these old cars that were in potentially a similar condition. Although typically those were in better condition than what they're trying to fix up here. Anyways, on to who is Judith Dre of Judith Dre Towing. 
paving uh car repairs here we can see that'd be kind of weird that it says towing but then they do all these car repairs but anyways who is judith trey i reached out to j wade edwards of course producer on the show editor just very important person in the aqua teen universe and unfortunately he didn't quite know so whenever i get to talk to matt or dave i'll have to ask one of them who it is because it must be somebody important if they've used this name twice so uh, for now still a mystery i can't find anything about it in my research but eventually god damn it We'll find out, hopefully. Last thing I want to mention about this is uh, one of the items is a plutonium air filter. I wonder if the plutonians can help them out with that. As I've said, growing up, this was my favorite episode, and I grew up eventually to know what it's like to get pulled over like Meatwad. Well, I also know what it's like to get some bullshit fucking quote on your car, because when I was living in Missouri, I lived in a college town, and I took my car in to get an oil change at the uh, place where I had gone to before and they seemed fine. I, I take the car in and then I walk home because I didn't live that far from the place. And I'm waiting for their call, waiting for their call to go pick it up. No call comes. After a long time, I give them a call. I'm like, hey, you know, how, how's this oil change going that's taken six hours? And they're like, oh, we found all these issues with the car. We'll call you back later. They call me back later and uh, they give me some insane quote like, oh, all this stuff's going to happen. Your car's going to fall apart. And you need to pay like three grand or something or, or, or way more than that to get it fixed up. And one of the things they quoted me was the inside handle on the driver's side was broken. And I, and I asked them if they, how much that would cost to fix. They quote me $100 on that. Well, luckily, a guy I work with, he sets me up with a family friend who does work on cars for really cheap. Apparently, the guy knows this stuff. So I take my car and he's like, yeah, I could fix this stuff up for you. And I'll even fix the door handle for free. Just buy the parts on eBay or wherever and bring them to me and I'll put them on for you. So I did that. Dude fixed the entire car. I think it cost me like less than $500 after buying the parts myself versus the over $3,000 they were quoting me at the garage I took the car to. And uh, yeah, it cost me like $2 to buy. Literally, it was like two bucks to buy a new handle for the inside of the car. And the guy puts it on for free for me. So uh, definitely know what it's like to get that huge quote. That's like, holy shit. And the reason I bring up that I lived in a college town was because they were probably just used to, you know, people bringing their cars in, these college kids like, hey, my car's broken and their parents back home are like, whatever, just pay whatever. We need you to come home for Christmas. And uh, that's what they were, seemed like they were trying to do on me because th what they quoted me was insane. And uh, my mechanic friend thought the same thing. So definitely know what Meatwad's going through here. Always bring your car around. Don't just go to one place because sometimes these people will fucking rip you off. Especially if you don't know shit about cars like I don't and Meatwad doesn't either. So Frylock Meatwad, they're kind of talking about this quote, but it's cut short because Shake is home and he's got the goods. Shake is out front in the bulldozer, the same exact one that he drove in Total Recarl that he carried the casket in. Shake is out front with that yet again, but instead of a casket in the bucket, he has a jet engine and he, the idea is that he's going to put this on the card the jet engine is in a, a very pretty orange variant uh shake will touch on that but uh let's just jump into it and listen gentlemen i have the answer what the hell yeah what the hell <laughs> say it say what the hell again wow i'll be dumbfounded shake is never gonna work yeah i know 
The colors are not quite right. I specifically asked for Mandarin copper. I get stuck with Sangria Sunrise. <laughs> Makes you look like some tidied up hussy. Well, I ain't gonna be part of this. You guys go ahead and kill yourselves if you want to. Yeah, have fun with your dollies. I like how Shake is insulting Fred, like saying, have fun with your dollies, but Meatwad's the one who was playing with dolls earlier, and also Shake was playing with these toy tools, so it seems like he's not really in a position to to throw shade at Frylock for potentially playing with dollies, which I don't think that Frylock does. But anyways, the color here, again, it's a pretty color, but it doesn't match the car at all, which to me is kind of funny. It's kind of ugly because the car is red. Too Wicked is, is a red hot rod, and, and you have Shake here trying to throw this orange jet engine on it, but that's not going to stop him. A hip-hop beat will play while Shake just drops the engine onto the car. And important to note that he drops the engine on the wrong way. So the engine should be taking an air from the front and then expelling a flame out back, which, you know, however engines work, uh, that would propel the car forward. But it's on backwards, so it will suck up from the back and placed inconveniently behind the hot wad is Carl's brand new rental. The rental is just a white sedan. It's not very fancy looking. In fact, it looks kind of old. It looks like it has some rust on it, but really funny to watch it get sucked in because it just like starts to get pulled backwards and then it eventually just flips completely over and gets sucked in. It's very unrealistic and silly looking. Miwad, hit the switch. <laughs> okay, turn it off for a second. Turn it off, let's just turn it off. <laughs> What was that noise? Huh? So that is Carl. You know, he <laughs> he heard that noise, which was the car getting sucked up. And before I forget, I really want to point out here that Meatwad's mouth does not move when he's saying, okay, okay, okay. We get a shot of him, but he's just uh, stationary in the face, which is pretty funny. But something visually here is that those two clips, like the hip hop beat and then the scene actually starting, those are supposed to be at two different times because after the hip hop beat where Shake is dumping the engine onto the car, we cut ahead to Shake wearing the demolition derby helmet as well as the engine on the car being duct taped like 40 times over. They just duct taped the hell out of it and somehow it worked because the engine did not fly off of the car when they turned it on. But also again, the, the car didn't move. It just sucked up Carl's rental car. I guess that could be chalked up to the engine not being able to fully start because they just turned it on for a second and then it sucks up the car and they turn it off. So potentially if they let it go even longer then the hot wad would have started moving backwards. Another visual thing that I just noticed now is that Shake is standing off to the side of the car. He's like towards the front of it and he's saying, okay, turn it off for a second. And he's like moving, but his straw is out of sync with him because his straw at this point is a different asset because they have it just coming out of the helmets. So Shake moves and then the straw moves and it's just really, it's really funny. So if you get the chance to check it out, I would suggest doing so. So jumping back to our scene, Carl is going to react to his new rental disappearing. Where is my white hatchback? Excuse me? And why are there skin marks there? Uh, I just got through mowing the lawn. <laughs> if that's a crime. I freaking rented this thing this morning! Yeah, we know how you did it. Congratulations. The bank gave you a credit card. It doesn't make you better than me. But you see, nobody gives me credit because I'm a bad risk and I don't pay my <laughs> bills on time. So I have to work for what I have. Uh, so I have to cut Carl off there, but I like Shake, you know, talking about how he uh, just mowed the grass when you can see behind him that their grass is all shaggy compared to Carl's. Not much to mention in that clip, though, besides the fact that the jet engine on the car is now smoking a black smoke very profusely into the air. But let's keep on with the scene, our last and final clip of the episode. And at the end of the clip, Carl's head 
will explode. Did my car always have that, or am I just, uh... What? Class? Style? <laughs> I don't think so. Thank God I got a hip transplant. And why don't you go back into your house and shut up? <laughs> Why'd he do that? Why wouldn't he? So there it is, the end of Kidney Car. Just uh, probably the most abrupt and random ending to the show. It's it's almost as if they just ran out of time and, and they're like, okay, we have to do something. Carl's head explodes. All right, done. In the can. But yeah, that's the ending of Kidney Car, my favorite Aqua Teen episode. Before I go into my thoughts, of course, let's jump in real quick to a forum thread hosting the discussion that took place the night the episode aired over on the what was then the Toon Zone forum. Link to this in the show notes. So the response to this one was pretty split over on the Toon Zone forum back in the day. Some people thought it was pretty underwhelming. Like, they weren't saying it was a bad episode, but they didn't think it was a good Aqua Teen episode. And then other people loved it. And, and I, I get why, because nothing really happens in this episode. And I was shocked by this on my coverage of it. I'm like, wow, I'm already done. It feels like nothing has happened here. I'm just kind of responding to specific conversations. And that's all the episode is. So if you don't really appreciate or aren't interested in just the Aqua Teens hanging out and talking and, and just having some great lines, then this will definitely be an underwhelming episode for you. However, lots of people here did like it. Somebody mentions how their brother normally doesn't like Aqua Teen, but even he was laughing at the meat while driving the car part. And then somebody else actually mentioned something that I touched on earlier with Meatwad being hard to understand in some parts. And I definitely get that because, yeah, the uh, work for the city line, I never knew what he was saying until today. But that's all I'm going to get into over on the Toon Zone forum. Just on to my general thoughts. Of, of course, uh, this is my favorite episode of Aqua Teen, and I still stand by that after seeing it. I feel like, again, nothing happens, and I was surprised by that, but it's just such an enjoyable ride. And ultimately, I love Aqua Teen, and I'm assuming you do as well, for the characters, for the main Aqua Teens. And all of the tertiary villains are fun. I like when they show up, but they aren't necessary to the show, and that's what Matt and Dave realized this season. Although this back half of the season, we're definitely getting way more villains and way more other characters showing up. But it is nice to have a reprieve of just the main cast for an episode. I feel like at the beginning of the season, they did too many of these in a row to where it maybe got a little boring. But here, it's, it's nice to have this in, in the middle of all these guest-centric episodes. On top of that, growing up, Meatwad was always my favorite character, and to an extent, maybe he still is. You know, be, just simply because if it wasn't for Meatwad, I probably wouldn't have gotten into Aqua Teen the way I did back when I was a kid. And having this Meatwad-centric episode is great, too, because lately, it's been a lot of Shake-centric episodes with the supporting cast around him. But it's nice just to get that Meatwad episode every once in a while that we haven't gotten in some time this season. Something interesting about Kidney Car is it's really one of the most realistic episodes of the show. Apart from the jet engine and Carl's head exploding, everything here could pretty much happen. Somebody could steal your car and wreck it, and then you give it to the Kidney Foundation, and then they give it to your neighbor who tries to fix it up. Like, that's not an inherently crazy idea, and the episode doesn't go very cartoony places again besides just that last clip or two with the jet engine and carl's head it's just the characters just trying to fix this car but they're all incompetent except for frylock but he's playing the parent role here the two children who are just fucking around it's just a really really fun slice of life episode and i've always appreciated it for that it's almost like i'm just hanging out with the guys trying to fix up this car and watching them just mess around and have a good time as I've said, while nothing particularly exciting happens in the episode, I feel like just every moment is is perfect. I love all the dialogue. I love all the interactions the characters have. 
The only flaw I could think of for this one is that as as the podcaster now, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. There wasn't much for me to dig into, which of course makes this episode pretty short. But I did actually just enjoy just kind of sitting back and watching and reacting to it and, and just leaving it at that. It's just such a simple episode, but the execution is 10 out of 10. And because of that, for me, I have to give this one five soft drink machines out of five. I know that a lot of people probably won't share this opinion on this episode, but it's just my favorite one. It always has been. And honestly, I can't see that changing. It's just like a wholesome episode, of course, besides the Carl abuse. But for an Aqua Teen episode, that's not too bad. It's just strange to finally cover this one because I looked forward to this ever since I started the podcast, like I said at the beginning of the episode. And I feel like I just have not done it justice. But at the same time, it's like, well, I don't know what to really say about this one because it's so simple. There's not a whole lot to say. And maybe that's just why I like it. You know, sometimes the simplest things resonate the most. And I think that's really just the case here. I just really enjoyed watching this one again with you and and finding out some things along the way. Of course, not as much information as something like the Broodwitch episode, but I just love this one and that'll probably never change. So that's it for me. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out to our number one in the Hood G tier patrons, Sean, Ian, Keenan, Captain Buford, Brian, Robison, and Carl. You guys can get my destroyed car through a kidney foundation any day of the week until next time take it easy don't get pulled over don't get some bullshit quote on your car repairs and i'll see you next week when we cover season two episode 18 the cubing bye bye Have you had anything to drink tonight, ma'am? Oh, hell yeah. Can I make you something? All right.